And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. One. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back to another awesome episode of Founder Fridays with Frank. I always get stuck on all the Fs. We explore the challenges founders face, there's more Fs, on any given Friday or any day. Our goal is to give you ideas and and support to help your business grow in a healthy and productive way. I'm your host, Frank Keck. I'm excited about our program today. We have one of my favorite people in the whole world and one of the few people I've made cry. Maybe she'll talk about that. My background, I'm the founder and CEO of CoreBuild, where we help build strong leaders and amazing workplace cultures, which we are very busy today. Lots of people trying to figure out how do we get people to get here and become engaged and stay. That being said, as an entrepreneur at heart, I love working with founders in startups. And that's exactly why I'm excited to bring you these Founder Fridays with Frank episodes. You're in for a real treat. You've heard the first three of the four guests in our series. And this fourth one, you'll likely know pretty well. Um, She is also one of the hosts of the Startup Hustle. I guess it's just Startup Hustle. I'm adding stuff to it now. She's one of the co-hosts of Startup Hustle. And uh, so I'm excited to have her in the hot seat so that you can learn more about her and her awesome, truly awesome business that she has built. Before I tell you who our guest is, I'd just like to take a quick moment to thank FullScale for sponsoring today's podcast episode. Go learn how FullScale helps you build a winning software team quickly and affordably by visiting FullScale.io. And now, without any further ado, let's welcome our third guest, actually our fourth guest, in this four-part Founder Fridays with Frank series, I'm giddy as all hell to have as our guest, the incomparable Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. Lauren, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Frank. I'm so excited. I I, I mentioned this in in pre-show, but I have to tell you, this is uh, odd. And it's a trip for me (laughs) to be on the other side of the the metaphorical mic. So, uh, I'm really excited to be here, though, and really excited specifically to talk to you, sir. Well, thank you. I was talking to Matt Watson, and he said, so you're the uh, you're the guest host? And I said, I guess I am. Does that make you the guest guest? <laughs> I like that. The guest so guest. I guess you're, you're my guest guest today. And uh, so Lauren and I have known each other for quite some time. And it, it started with Watson because I said, you know, I've heard, Matt, that you are the best looking of the four podcast hosts, right? And he blushed Ouch. and he did not deny it. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, everybody's going to have their most statement. And so I was thinking about, because you bring so many mosts, it's like, okay, what is she the most most of? 
I am deeply anticipating the end to this sentence. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember that this goes out all over the world, so I got to keep it kind of PC. But I think where you're the most, the most, is you're the most social host, right? And for those of you, if you're not on Facebook, um, get on Facebook. And I think you're on Instagram and probably some other stuff I'm not aware of. Man, if you want to see somebody in 8 million pictures meeting people, you are my hero. So, uh, yeah. so tell us a little bit about, uh, well, so I have two questions. My first one is how has hosting the podcast helped your social life? Like you needed any, uh, yeah, let's just start there. <laughs> okay. Well, so, so first things first, I, ha- I have a couple of things to address. Number one, Matt Watson is a very handsome guy and I, I, tip my hat and I, I allow him the crown for most handsome, you know? Uh, but yeah, you and I have known each other for a long time, man. And I, I do want to talk at some point about how transformational your culture labs were to my experience, but first awesome. things first. So, uh, innovator, innovator KC, Uh, It is a leadership community for women and individuals of marginalized gender experience. We have a focus on low barrier to entry and inclusion. Currently, we have about 5,700 members. Wow. Yeah, we we grow pretty fast, too. We take on about 100 to 200 new members a month, and that's all organic growth. We don't really recruit, per se. But I I was humming along, and I was doing Innovator, and I I love my organization, but, you know, Matt DeCourcy and I, we've known each other for a long time, and when he reached out to ask me about Startup Hustle, it was a a perfect time. Uh, I had just wrapped the Innovator podcast, um, so I had podcasting experience, and Matt had listened to a few episodes, and he asked if I would come along. Uh, particularly to bring my unique lens to to Startup Hustle. And on right. Startup Hustle, our longtime listeners, the folks who listen to my episodes will know that my focus tends to be on female and diverse founders, ecosystem development, community building, um, all of those things that I love and that, uh, that bring me a lot of joy. But I would tell you that, that Startup Hustle has really, really transformed the way that I relate to people. It's really interesting. Um, So first of all, Startup Hustle has a really great reputation. I mean, I don't even know if you know this, but we're a top 20 entrepreneurship podcast on Apple, which is a pretty, pretty significant deal. There are thousands upon thousands of uh, of podcasts about entrepreneurship on Apple. And so being a part of Startup Hustle is, is really a gift. But what's interesting is I'll tell people what I do. And I'll tell people about Innovate Her KC and you can sense that, you know, that's interesting. That's great. But then I'll start talking about Startup Hustle and they get super excited and enthused. I think because everybody has some kind of personal experience or expectation around podcasting, you know, either they have one or they listen to podcasts. And so having Startup Hustle in my back pocket and being able to relate to people Mm -hmm. as, as a host is really, really cool for me. Um, I've gotten speaking engagements out of it. Um, I've, I've definitely gotten emails from listeners who have been impacted by either one of my shows or one of the other amazing co-hosts that we have. Uh, I expect you, fully expect you to be added to that pantheon. 
Frank, you know, you're, you're going to hear some good feedback from your episodes, I'm sure. But Startup Hustle has, has really transformed my life um, personally, but also professionally, the way that I do business. It allows me to reach new audiences. I can share innovator stories, our member stories to a very large global audience. Um, and I, it's just something that I'm really proud of being a part of. Wow, that is so cool. Yeah. That is really cool. <laughs> I not, agree. Not what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting, but that wasn't that wasn't it. But that is just I, I love that. And you know what I've learned, Lauren, in in just getting to know all four of you a little bit better is just the passion that each of you has for what you do and you each bring it to the show, the program in your own way. Mm-hmm. Um but just like everybody is has their own lens, they're their own person. And, and that's really what Startup Hustle is about is like encouraging people, hey, be you, bring your yeah. A game and just do your thing, which really is what your whole organization is about. So that's my second question. Just tell us a little bit more. And you told us a little bit about Innovator, Casey. Yeah. Um, how did the idea come to you? Oh, man. Um, so, so people give me way too much credit there. They always ask me like, so what? What inspired you to start Innovator? And I, I would I would walk it back just a little bit and say that Innovator was something. It was it was an accident. It was not something that I intentionally started. Um, I had been operating in the entrepreneurial space for for several years here in Kansas City, and I, I was working for an organization that that I loved. I deeply loved Startland, and I was the director of operations for about two and a half years. But I looked around and I noticed, and I, I think that you would probably agree that, you know, the startup startup communities across the world, they don't tend to reflect uh, a lot of diversity. They tend to be very uh, cishet, white male dominant. And mm-hmm. that's not a complaint. It's just a reality. And right. so I was seeing all of these really fantastic women within the startup community here in Kansas City, but there wasn't really any meaningful way to engage them specifically. And so I, I actually asked my, my boss at the time, I was like, hey, would it be cool if I just put together a little pop-up event for startup women? You know, we're surrounded by dudes all day and, you know, we, we speak the startup vernacular and all of this stuff, but... I just want to bring us together and be girls and get to know each other for a right. little bit. And so our first event, uh, we it was a pop-up event. We did mani-pedis. And I brought some little splits of champagne and some snacks. And I think I invited about 20 people. 12 ended up coming. And what was fantastic, like the people who went, we had a great time. But then uh, what was what was really cool is over the course of the next few weeks, I started getting these emails and they all started the same way. And it was something along the lines of, you don't know me, but dot, dot, dot. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was women who had heard about what we had done. And they were like, that sounds like so much fun. I heard it was a great time. Would you, would you put me on the mailing list and invite me to the next one? And in my head, I'm like, there's no mailing list. What are you talking about? <laughs> but I, I decided, I was like, yeah, I could take that hit. I could, you know, it wasn't a difficult thing to do. Right. So that's kind of how we started. But then, and I, I think you might know Carlanda McKinney. Mm-hmm. 
she reached out to me. And at the time she was working on a startup that was related to bras. And she asked me, she's like, Lauren, you know, a lot of women entrepreneurs, can you help me find some women for focus groups? And I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. So very lazily, I didn't send out an email. I just did a quick like info dump in a Facebook, uh, direct message to a bunch of the women that I knew. And I was like, Hey, come out, support a female founder, talk about your boobs for an hour. They'll have cup cookies. <laughs> like this is not, you know, a thing that, that I put much thought into, but women showed up and in this chat, this was so interesting. We kind of started talking back and forth about our experience with, you know, bras, finding custom fit bras, how difficult that is. And we were all laughing and sharing stories. And then someone noticed that we were all women from the entrepreneurial community and cracked a joke about being a woman in entrepreneurship. And we were all just like, oh, yeah, totally get it. Like, we were all just very, uh, what was said resonated with us. And so the conversation, right, right. it just kept on going and it wouldn't die. And this Facebook DM chat went on for about three weeks and women started adding other women to it. Wow. So these two things, the, the meetup, the Manny Petty meetup, and then the direct message thing, they all happened in pretty short succession. And so I kind of got smacked in the face from the universe saying like, Hey, there's, there's something here. And I sat down and I was like, well, what's, what's the commonality? And the answer, the hypothesis that I came up with rather was that women need women within the entrepreneurial community in Kansas city. They need a, a deep connection point, an authentic, mm -hmm. really, really powerful connection point. So I created a Facebook group called startup Shiro's. And I was like, my hypothesis is if you give these women the opportunity to connect, we will be able to strengthen each other, champion each other and share useful information with each other. Right. And our first Facebook group was called Startup Shiro's. Uh, that was back in 2018. I'm not super proud of that name, so don't hold it against me. <laughs> but uh, then we, we started growing and it, it just, well, that's not actually true. For the first few months, uh, it was just me talking to myself a lot. Like I would post things that I thought were interesting, events that were coming up. I would ask questions and it would be crickets. But slowly, people started to engage, and then they started to invite their friends and their their family and their coworkers. And eventually, we reached a point where we weren't all entrepreneurs and we weren't all founders anymore. Right. And so we changed our name to Innovate Her KC, and we became industry agnostic. And that's when I sat down and got really intentional about what's our differentiator, what's mm -hmm. our mission, what's our vision, what's our purpose. Um, because I, we had just reached a point, we were growing so quickly that I, I realized, I was like, you know, if this is what's happening and the response that we're getting, if this is what's happening with 10% of my attention, what can we accomplish with a hundred percent of me throwing myself into this? Right. And that is our origin story. <laughs> I, I love that. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people that listen to this program who, have started something or they have an idea for something. And I was just reading about this this morning. Somebody wrote in and said to Matt and Matt, you know, as I was doing my startup and going through all those tough, tough times, a lot of times I felt alone. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm the only one going through this. So I love your story because I think there's somebody out there that needs to hear that, right? Yeah. Just like you get this, the universe sends you a message and puts everything in front of you. And you're like, I can't not do this. Right. And, you know, the other thing is uh, that I love about this is you, 
doesn't sound like you were like, okay, well, I have a crystallized business plan. Here's how we're going to go make a bazillion dollars, right? It's like, I have to do this. I'll figure it out. Absolutely not. And I mean, there's that old gem that floats around entrepreneurial communities, like being an entrepreneur is jumping off a cliff and building wings on your way down. And and that's essentially what happened with Innovator. And it's what happens for so many founders that I know. It's like you, you identify a problem, but more often than not, most entrepreneurs, they experience a problem themselves and then they create a solution that would work for them. And then, you know, develop, ideate, iterate all of those beautiful things to create a product or a service or whatever. Whatever, whatever it is they're selling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's that's exactly what happened with Innovator. I just, I saw a problem. I was like, well, this would work for me. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> right. So, so you guys are a nonprofit. Where do you go from here? So you've got this wonderful growth. You've made a name in Kansas Ooh. City. What I've experienced is like, there's now a huge awareness for, for women in general, right? Yeah. And especially startup, but like you don't have to be a startup female just to be part of this group. And I like you're out everywhere. We're celebrating people who are diverse. Uh, I love that. What's what's the next step for you? Well, so, so our core for Innovator, you know, and the reason that we kind of shifted or pivoted or whatever you want to call it from from female founders um, it, it, it was a little bit of a journey, but ultimately I had, so I had many members reach out and be like, Hey, you know, Lauren, you're called startup heroes and you don't really, I, I don't really identify as a startup or I'm no longer in startup phase. I'm scaling. This doesn't speak to me. Mm-hmm. And so we very, very intentionally decided to kind of open things up to different verticals and industries. And ultimately we, we became industry agnostic. And so we have educators, we have politicians, we have entrepreneurs and small business owners. We, our, our members run the gamut. And what's, what's been really, really interesting and really, really powerful for us is being able to see how that choice and how that, that, um, how, how living like that or having that be one of our foundational principles has impacted our members. So, so we see collaborations and opportunities come out of Innovator that I don't think we would see from a lot of professional networking organizations because we're introducing the educators to the entrepreneurs and saying, hey, right. put those entrepreneurs into your classrooms. And we're introducing the artists to, I don't know, the health and wellness professionals. And I mean, we've seen... We've seen really, really interesting things come across or come about because of those collaborations that might not have otherwise happened without Innovate Her KC. And so, so it's been really, really fascinating to watch that. Now, the question that you asked was, what's the future look like? And I think for me, at least, it's, it's not so much changing what we do, but it is changing the way that we do things to, to do what we do better and to mm-hmm. be louder within the space that we exist in. And so, you know, one of the things that it's really fascinating to me, like we've actually had people reach out from cities across the country and even the world um, as far away as London, people reaching out and being like, how do I start an innovator chapter in my city? Wow. Yeah, it's it's real cool. And I have no idea how it happens or how these people heard of us. <laughs> but I'll, I mean, I'll take it, keep it coming. Um, and I'm sure that probably some of that is startup hustle. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, when these folks reach out, my my answer is, you know, we have to get really tight on what we're doing here in Kansas City because I don't feel comfortable releasing 
innovator out into the world unless I can be confident that we stay true to our values and we stay right. true to our culture and these things that we've been very intentional about cultivating here in Kansas City. So next steps, we're looking to regional, national, global expansion. Uh, my ultimate goal is to have a leadership development center, not a, not a business development center, but a leadership development center. How do we help women uh, take the next steps on their leadership journey to avail themselves of those opportunities that we, that we help our member connect our members to today, like right. engagements. Do you want to run for office? Great. Let's connect you to the appointments project. You know, are you interested in sitting on a nonprofit board? Awesome. Here are some nonprofits that are innovator led that would love to have you join their team, you know? So, so figuring out, figuring that out, creating a geographic place to bring all of that together so that we can serve our members and continue mm -hmm. to do what we're doing now, but just more. Does that make sense? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's, uh, as you were saying that, I thought, I wonder if she has an evil laugh because I want to yeah. hear you do your <laughs> you global go. domination. <laughs> I'm going to take over the world. That's right. No, but, I, but I love that because people are kind of saying, Hey, we love what you're doing. Can you come help us do it? Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's kind of what we all go into this hoping is, okay, I want to go change the world. Yeah. And I love that you're doing it with something that's so important to the world, but also it's, it's near and dear to your heart, right? You can tell just with the passion. It, it absolutely is. Um, you know, and, and, and I, and I want to be really clear here. So, so, People often, you know, talk about the fact that innovator, like you're changing the world. I'm like, actually, we're not. I, I don't don't put that on me. Our members are changing the world. We're just empowering them to do that mm -hmm. in, in better, more efficient, you know, stronger, amplified ways. And so, so I put all the credit for for that changing of the world on our 5,700 members, you know, we're, we're just providing the platform and the space right. to congregate. <laughs> That'd be a great tagline, empowering women to change the world. Yes. Well, so right now our, our motto is, um, because wait, wait, because radical positive change is women's work. That's our, that's our motto, <laughs> but I like that one. I think we might have to adopt it. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked about culture, which is kind of my gig, right? Yeah, and leadership. So bit. I definitely want to talk to you more about the uh, Leadership Development Center. So I have some, I yeah. want to hear what you want to do. And, and you know, you've got my support on that. Uh, but I want to talk first a little bit about your culture. So when you started this, I mean, it's just kind of like a, a fire, right? It's kind of like, yeah. oh, okay, now this thing's like big. Um, so for those people that haven't really thought about culture, but they either they're just getting started or maybe they've already like experienced something similar, like, holy crap, we created something people want. Like, how did you find time to start thinking about your culture and where did you start? So that's a really great question. And I would say that because actually in part because of you and because of my experience with with culture lab and the conversations that we had had uh for me it wasn't a matter of finding time for mm -hmm. establishing our culture it was a matter of finding time for everything else because okay. establishing that culture was such a huge priority for me um you know there are a lot of professional development organizations out there for marginalized leaders there, there are a ton you know throw a stone and you're gonna hit one right and so i had 
had to figure out as founder and as the chief culture setter, I had to figure out what is our culture? That, that was actually like my first priority. Like mm-hmm. what do we stand for? How are we different from these other organizations? And the answers that I came up with in my head were low barrier to entry, true inclusion and belonging, which are right. two foundational ethics. They are de- the decisions that I, or they, they are the lenses that I use when I make any decision regarding the organization. Does that it fit within our foundational ethics? Does this solution work? Mm-hmm. But um, really that was the first thing that I did when, once I had realized that Innovator was taking off and it was more than just this little Facebook group. It had a lot of potential. I sat down and I was like, what is our culture? And so that was a huge priority for me. Um, and, and, and our culture is one of winning championship. You know, our culture is one of sharing successes, but also being vulnerable. And we, we have a culture where, or we have, you know, things that we do to kind of drive forward our culture, you know, amplification, mentorship, our, our pillars, which are social connection, professional development, mentorship, championship, and resource sharing. Like those are the things that we do to right. create our culture. And, and so that, I mean, that's where I started. That's where I started with everything. You know, you ask where mm-hmm. I started and I'm like, that's it. <laughs> um, so it was, it was there from the very beginning and, but it, it, but it sounds like everything that you've done has kind of just started generically and like what felt right, but you stopped and you were intentional about it. Yeah. And, and that's how you're, you're drawing people who are aligned with you. And I think that's one of the reasons that you've had such great success so quickly. And I think that's one of the things for you all out there in podcast land. Um, I think that's a huge takeaway that Lauren may take for granted. Like she just is brilliant naturally, but I think for us to say, okay, (laughs) what lens do I look through? Right. Those are your values because that's going to attract the kind of people that you want to be, to do life with basically. And you, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of people in the tech world, we have a hard time finding the right people. Heck now we have a hard time finding people at all, but you know, Lauren, finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io where you can build a software team quickly and affordably use the full scale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. I love full scale so much. So <laughs> you, you've, um, you've done some cool stuff. I know your relationship with Matt has really helped you uh, just, just in watching that a little bit. Um, but I want to go back. So when you were working for um, Startland, we, you talked about the culture lab. And yeah. I'm just curious because I remember uh, we came and did a workshop together and uh, there was we were going through some stuff because some of the people there said, oh, we want to have uh, was it radical candor. Yes. And I think like hadn't the book just come out recently? There was a book called Radical Candor. Yeah. So that was a big topic of conversation. And so I said, well, OK, well, let's just talk about what that actually is. Yeah. And I think as we dug into it, they're like, ah, well, maybe we don't really want that. But I'm just curious what you learned from the culture lab. And like you've kind of figured out um, what the values of Innovator are. And, and I love how you said it, right? These are the lenses I look at everything through. 
So you guys out there listening, that's what I would ask you. What lenses are you looking at everything through positive or negative? Those are your values. Yeah. Right. So what's your, what was your takeaway? You went through culture lab, which is a program that we sponsored several years ago. It was a 90 day culture accelerator. So, you know, accelerators in those days were all the rage. And so we said, well, why not do a culture accelerator? And uh, so Lauren was kind enough to uh, go through that. So I'm just curious, what was your takeaway that maybe our listeners could learn from? Well, so so first and foremost, and I, I feel like this is a pretty base uh, base takeaway, but one of the most powerful things that you ever told me was you have to establish your culture early. You have to establish it often. And if you don't, someone else will establish it for you. Mm-hmm. And you're probably not going to like the culture that they establish. And so, so that was kind of like the foundation of the pyramid of belief and learning that I took from Culture Lab. But what you did and what you and, and uh, Rachel and Jesse did was you allowed you allowed a bunch of people, a, a group of people from very disparate backgrounds and with very... Um, different understandings of scaffolded learning when it comes to culture to come together and to think really intentionally, not just about what you wanted your culture to be, but culture in general. Like, what does mm-hmm. that mean to your team? How is that? How How is your culture establishing whatever culture works for you or that you decide is what you, the one that you want to go with? How right. is that going to fundamentally help excel your business, uh, or accelerate your business and accelerate you as an individual. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, so I would say that my biggest takeaway was pretty basic. Um, but it was just something that I hadn't really thought about that intentionally before. It was just one of the culture was just one of those things that happened to me and happened around me. (laughs) And, and so just even having that space was really, um, really profound for me. But um, I don't know, you, you had the worksheets and the workbooks. Uh, Catherine Alsip, who's actually now on our leadership team, that's where she and I met. And I remember right. we were, you gave us an exercise and it was like, you had to interview the other person mm-hmm. about values. And so we were, we were kind of talking back and forth and Catherine asked some really, really insightful questions. She and I are like still really good friends to this day. Awesome. But First, I had to figure out who I was and what I believed. And then I had to allow my organization the space mm. to reflect those values. Wow. And I think that that's what, that's really what I got from Culture Lab. Like, who am I and what does that mean within the framework of this thing that I'm building? That That is really huge, Lauren. And man, it just kind of gives me, as they say in the South, chill bumps. Right? Yeah, goosebumps. Well, we call it in the Midwest. Man, like I can't tell you how grateful I am. You opened my eyes. But I think that's so. The the reason that gives me chill bumps or goosebumps or chills is because I think so many people don't do that. Right? We get in such a hurry to build something. Yeah. That we forget everything is going to be built on a foundation. And what kind of foundation are you putting together? Yeah. Right. And. And, you know, every organization is an organization of people. Right. Right. And if you don't know what you stand for, like if you don't stand, and this is what I heard you just say, right? If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Right. Somebody will come push you over. Right. And so I think, you know, those of you out there, if I came and asked you, what are your three primary values? If you can't tell me right off the top of your head, you don't have three primary values. And that means that you're kind of don't have a rudder. 
And so what are the lenses that you look through? I think Lauren is a great example of that. And um, okay, so now I want to put you a little bit more on the hot seat. So All you right, bring it. had great growth and you're in a lot of pictures and yeah. you had COVID, right? I did. We're, we're going to get I've together. I've meeting with you because of ah, so COVID. <laughs> I've had COVID twice now. So you, yeah. you need to get it one more time. Uh, don't please. It's yeah, not it's, much it's fun. not the best. I don't no. recommend it. No. <laughs> um, but what I'm so like, people look at you. I'm one of them, and go, "Wow, she's really successful. She's hit the big time, right?" And because I don't think that success necessarily necessarily has to mean that you're making a million dollars. I, I yeah. think the fact that you're having this wonderful impact on people. Uh, but my question is, what's the biggest people challenge you have now, right? So you've hit this first level of success, maybe the second level of success. What's your biggest people challenge right now? Um, that's a really, that's, that's a really interesting question. And, and I would say right now, my biggest people challenge is not enough. Um, you know, there, there's not enough of me to go around. There's not enough of my organization to go around. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and every single time, you know, I, I've just reached a point in this career trajectory where I want to create more impact and I want to do more and be more, and I want innovator to do more and be more. And we just, we, we can't right now. And that, that's a very frustrating feeling. Um, and so, so to an extent, I'm aware that that is probably a lot of that is probably internal, you know, me looking at what I looking at the vision and seeing the discrepancy between where we could be and where I want us to be and then where we are. Um, you know, so, so a lot of that is probably internally imposed, but, but one of, yeah, one of my biggest struggles right now is just trying to prioritize around mm -hmm. people because, you know, we're, we're a community building organization. Like that is our, our scope. It is, it's what we're designed to do and, and community is people. And, right. and so, so that is, that is my business when people are like, what are you selling? And I'm like, people, <laughs> which is mm -hmm. a horrible, horrible thing to say. Please do not take that out of context. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but we're selling, what we're selling is community and we're right. selling support and championship and all of these relationships, right? Yeah. Relationships, all of these yeah. very kind of ethereal things that are not tangible product or very explicit service. Mm -hmm. And so Every single time I have to say no to an opportunity or any time I have to say no to even like a coffee or something like that, I am hyper aware that that is a missed opportunity and that there, there is potential there that people are being left behind. And that, that really, that scares me, you know, my whole life and innovators whole life is designed around service to people and relationships. And so anytime I feel like I'm failing in that, it just, it kills me. It breaks my heart. And, and so, and it, and it happens a lot these days. And so it's just like, uh, 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 just punched to the chest every time. <laughs> so I, I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, I, I just, I wrote down a couple of things, um, as you were talking. And so part of what we want to do on this podcast is to get some of the challenges that, um, founders have. Right. And, and if yeah. I've got some some suggestions why we'll throw those out so everybody can learn from it. And then Absolutely. we're going to give Lauren an assignment. Ooh, so that's the right. exciting part to come. 
Um, but, but what I wrote down, uh, three things, first of all, baby steps, right. And, and, and part of the society, part of what society is telling us today is it's good to be busy. Well, that's bullshit. It's not, it really isn't. And so, but people put it where busyness as a badge of honor. Right. And so it's like, oh, I worked 60 hours this week. Oh, I worked 80 hours. Oh, I took work home. I worked over the weekend. I have one client that that it literally is how successful you are is how many hours a week you work. Well, now everybody's burned out. Right. And they can't get good people to come work there because nobody wants to work that much. That's why we see the great resignation. Yeah. 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 And the great resignation has been around for a long time. It just kind of got publicized since COVID. Right. So I think baby steps, right? Okay. Let's just, let's just not be in a hurry because that leads me to the second thing, which is called mission and vision creep. Yeah. Right. And values creep because what, what Lauren is not doing you guys is she's not letting value creep. Right. And so she's staying true to the value of offering value to her members, to these ladies, to these women, to these people, and not saying, I got to be busier. I got to be bigger. Yeah. Right. Busier and like busyness is a, is a, it's a value. It's not a very good value. So I commend you on keeping (laughs) your focus and saying, this is what we're here to do. Do we want to do it well or do we want to do it fast? Right. Well, and I think for me, like it was, it was a a realization that probably took me too long to come to. It's that I don't have to do all of the things. I have to do the right things Mm -hmm. in in the long term, doing the right things. That's the way that I bring value and impact to this community. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, so yeah, like, and, and that was something that we talked about a lot in, in culture lab, you know, that, that busy is a value. It's, it's not, yep. a, as you said, it's, it's not a good value. Um, you know, doing, being busy at the expense of doing meaningful work, yeah. um, that just gets in your way. <laughs> Absolutely. I have a new saying for you. you yeah, ready? This let's is the hear third it. Thing. I'm going to write it down. Okay. This has impacted my life in a wonderful way. Everything is always working out for me. Okay. Everything is always working out for me. And so many times we think, oh man, why am I going through this hard time? Why is my business not growing bigger or faster? Or why didn't I get that other date with that person? Or why doesn't this person like me? Or why didn't I make more money? Or why didn't I make less money? Or why didn't I get the cheeseburger? Right? Whatever it is. But, but I think just to have that perspective of what's, you know, what's supposed to happen is going to happen and you may not like it at the time, but we always learn from it. Right. But I think to have that mindset of, Hey, everything is working out for me. I'm going to keep moving forward towards what my goals are. And that's what I love about what you've done is you're moving towards what you want instead of away from what you don't want. And right. I think that's a huge thing in business is to move towards what you want, you guys, all the time. And as long as you're always moving towards it, you'll move faster when you need to and you'll move slower when you need to. Absolutely. So profound, my friend. You 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 come up with nuggets like that all the time. They get, well, thank you. They hit me in the face when I'm like, what the crap is yeah. going on here? Oh, here you go. <laughs> here, learn from this thing. Love it. <laughs> so, uh, what's, what is a segue to the next question? What is one thing that you're doing people wise that's really kicking ass? <laughs> uh, okay. So 
this is a converse, this is a weird conversation for me because I've gotten some heat for this. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've also gotten like some, some huge kudos, but like you mentioned that, you know, pe people always mention that they see me on social media and I'm like, my, I, I never really know how to like react to that. Uh, but my, my, my general response is like, you too can overshare on social media. It's not difficult <laughs> to do. Uh, and, and, and so I, I just want to be like very, very clear uh, about it. Um, so like one of the most powerful things that it, it, it's the cheapest thing that we do. And it's one of the most powerful things that we do is amplification of work. Um, and so, so one of the reasons Amplica amplification <laughs> of work. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's one of our pillars, you know, it, sometimes we call it championship. Sometimes we call it sponsorship, but in my head, I call it amplification of work. How do what we, does that mean? Well, it, 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 so the question that I have to ask myself is how do we tell the stories of our members of the leaders mm. who are creating radical positive change, often under-resourced, under-networked, under-mentored, underfunded, you know, how can we amplify the work of these incredible human beings so that they can be seen, so that they can be heard, so that they can be propelled forward to the next opportunity, particularly from those who might not otherwise have heard of them. And so the reason, the, the core of why we are so active, why we are so active and why I personally am so active on social media is, is because of that, because I want to storytell and I want to share these resources and these individuals who are doing incredible work because without that intervention and it's not just me like it's organizations all across the city that do this work but but when that happens again you're going to see these opportunities just come out of the woodwork you know uh, awards sales finding brand advocates like all finding funding support you know and I, 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 I kid you not, like, it, it's so odd to me because like, because people know they talk about my social media stuff all the time. And I'm like, yes, I know I'm on social a lot, but like, that's the reason I want to, I want to tell these stories. I want innovator to become a, a hub of women leaders, uh, gender minority leaders, you know, like how come to us and we're going to point you to 5,700 incredible human beings who are out there in the world doing the work and have, in many cases, up until now, gone unacknowledged or underacknowledged. So when you're asking, you're asking what we do really well, and that that's something that we do really well. We storytell and we amplify our members, their, their incredibly important work. I love that. And you know, that um, everybody has a story to tell. And I love that you're creating that platform and you call it an application of work. I, 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 the thing that came to me is, well, it's really an amplification of awesomeness, right? You're letting everybody yes. go out and be awesome. <laughs> and I think, you know, to be successful in the world, you got to tell your story. Yeah. Right. You may have the greatest app ever invented, but people want to know the story behind it. Like right. that's why we started off with your story today. And, and a lot of these podcasts, we want to know the person's story. What's What's behind all this, whether you're making a lot of money or changing a lot of lives, there's a story behind it. And yeah. I think that's the real thing. And because people don't, let's see, I'm going to get this saying right. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Oh and they know God. how much you care when you share your story. That's right. right? I, I 
love that phrase. Did you come up with that, Frank Kick? I just invented it. No, Holy no, it's not mine. Oh, okay, I was going to be like, super. That was really good. No, I think okay. uh, somebody more profound than me, probably Dale Carnegie, is probably where okay. I learned it. I was going to be like, well done, man. <laughs> but I think that's part of what Startup Hustle does is it helps people to tell their stories. And I want to encourage those of you listening. You know, what's your story? How are you getting it out there? Because the other thing, Lauren, that happens is, and this kind of goes back to the point you made earlier, if you don't get out and tell your story, one of two things is going to happen. Either nobody's going to tell your story or somebody else is going to make one up. That's right. <laughs> right? So it's like, I, I don't know dating from the female perspective because I've never done that. It's always been from the male perspective and sure. I'm married now, so I don't do it nearly as often. But I'm telling uh, you. Like, like <laughs> I would ask someone out and then they're like, you were just like waiting and like they had all the power until, okay, well, is she going to call me back? Is she going to say yes? Right. And so when you're in kind of that limbo, right. And so, and so what would go on in the male mind is you would make stuff up until you, you know, until you heard from her. Right. Hey, how come you didn't call me back? Oh, well, I was in a, you she know. She hates was... me. She, you know, she's not yes. interested. She heard something yes. that she didn't like about me. When in reality, like, she just got busy, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's like oh, you and I right. were talking before we started the the program today. It's like, man, I feel like you hate me. And you're like, no, I don't hate you. I'm just like, I'm so overwhelmed. I've got you're so many things, so many life. lives I'm changing. <laughs> right. But, but we create our own narrative. Right. When, when the other, we don't know the other person's narrative. So you guys, if you take nothing else away today, uh, make sure that you know what your story is and you start telling your story because it's so important. All right. I have four. I I like to end my programs with, I call it the four fast from Frank. Okay. You ready? Ready. Bring it on. First, First thing that comes to your mind, paper or plastic? Paper. To relax. Do you need to be by yourself or be with other people? By myself. Okay. I, I, I think most that surprise of us you? it surprises a lot of people. I'm actually yeah. an introvert by nature. This is all learned behavior. <laughs> you know who else said that? Who? Every one of the four. Yeah. So kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, your favorite cartoon character and what you like best about them. Oh, hell's bells. Uh, when was I? It's been a minute. I have to admit, see, I can't do that rapid because it's been a while since I've watched cartoons. Uh, Oh my God. Family Guy is the first thing that popped into my head because I think it's the most recent thing that I watched. So I'm going to go with, oh, Chris Griffin. I, I don't love that answer though, but go ahead. Okay, now which I know Peter. Which one's Chris Griffin? He's the, he's the son. He's the dopey son. I like him because he's he's dopey, but never malicious. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, he's, he's silly. I don't so the reason we ask that question is because psychologists say the character that you picked Chris, and what you like best about them. Say it again, what you like best about Griff Griffin. Uh, he's he's dopey, but never malicious, I think is what I said. <laughs> that is typically how you see yourself. Oh my God. Well, all right. That's actually <laughs> probably not incorrect. I don't know if you're dopey, <laughs> but you're definitely not malicious. So I think that kind of fits. All right. All right. I'll take it. And what slogan or mantra do you live your life by? Uh, I have, well, so... You can do hard things, um, is, is my, is my mantra. Um, and, and usually I say it to myself when I'm about to do something that is difficult for me, uh, that stretches me, 
but um, it, it, it's helped me, you know, get out on stages and it's helped me make a difficult choices mm -hmm. around innovator, but sometimes just reminding myself that you've done hard things before, you can continue to do them, you will get through this, uh, is very powerful to me. I love it. Yeah. I love it. This has been great. I think it's 45 minutes went by really quick. Didn't I it? know it just flew by, man. It did flew by. Please tell Aaron I said hi. We I will talk about him. We'll do this again. So I'll have to think of some homework because I didn't give you any homework. So I we'll know. Think about I know. That. We'll give Aaron some homework, but she, give Aaron. Well, now I don't even know who I'm talking to. I, it happens uh, all the time. And I think it's because Aaron and I have such, so Aaron is my husband, for those of you who don't know, but Aaron and I have very similar names, like yes. the, the vowel with ending with the Ren, Ron sound. Aaron and Lauren. It actually happens all the time. <laughs> so uh, this has been great. And before we sign off, just uh, before we say goodbye, just another shout out to today's episode sponsor, Fullscale. Do you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders? Let Fullscale help. We have the people in the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit fullscale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions and then let our platform match you up with our fully vetted, highly experienced team of software engineers, testers, <clears throat> and leaders. At Fullscale, we specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit fullscale.io. That's our program today, ladies and gentlemen, and kids of all ages. And it's been our my honor to have an awesome guest. Guest is Lauren Conway. Lauren, thanks again. And we'll be looking for you on your next episode. Awesome. Thanks so much, friend. And thank you, listeners, for, for coming along on the journey with us. Thank you. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.